0: All right, Leviticus chapter 19, please read it. Leviticus chapter 19, we are talking about uh, standards of daily holiness. Okay, That God's definition of holiness is not weirdness, is not some sort of religious activity that should happen on only special holy days, but that it is something that should be defined in our life every single day. That that word holy, sanctified, set apart is something that our walk should reflect every day. And we talked about Jesus' encouragement where he says, Sanctify them by thy truth, that thy word is truth. So the one thing that is supposed to set us apart is the instructions that we receive from God's word. Last week we were talking about Leviticus chapter 19 and we looked at the Sabbath and we looked at how our relationships as a physical family are important in regards to our relationship with God's word and his teaching. We talked about the Sabbath when God had established it, that it is the seventh day. It has never been the first day, but there's sometimes confusion because God makes a very clear illustration how the seventh always points to the first. So even though the Sabbath is a Saturday, it always has been a Saturday, it's never been anything different than a Saturday, but the reason that Saturday is important is because of the first day of the week. And when God established it okay, at Passover, he said, I want you to make two special days. On the first day of the week, this is what you will do, and on the seventh day of the week, this is what you will do. So when God had set aside the seventh, resting, it was a picture of his creation. Remember, he had completed everything he was supposed to do. He, he saw that it was good, and God rested. Isn't that great to know that God has already done everything that needs to be done? He's not waiting around going, oops, uh, well, one of these days I'll catch up with that project and finish it. God's got it all taken care of, and we can trust in that. But we understand that the picture of creation, that we are supposed to step back and remember that God finished his work, points us to that first day, which is a picture of redemption. And that all of the work that God did pointed to the redemption that we, we would receive from that blood being shed, the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. With all that in mind, we thought we're going to start uh, continue on the idea of honor thy father and mother. Okay, so we tied the two together because God ties them together in verse 2. So let's look to chapter 19. We'll read a few verses and then we'll look uh, to God's uh, Holy Spirit to show us his word. Chapter 19, verse 1 again. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And again, that is probably, arguably, the theme verse for this entire book, that we are supposed to be set apart because God is our God. And we looked at how many times he references that. Look at verse 3. Ye shall fear every man his mother and father, and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord thy God. So we talked about how important those things are together. And then verse 4 says, Turn ye not unto idols, nor make unto yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. So that is where we will be picking it up today and covering this information. So let's have a word prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for your word. I thank you so much for the idea that our walk as children of God, as servants as your people, as your family, is not based upon Bible knowledge. It's based upon relationship. Father, we talked about it today in Sunday School. What a great uh, affirmation every week we're having from the book of 1 John, that there's a love of God and that is accompanied without any doubt with the love of God's people. Those two things are so important that if we love God, we love God the brethren, that it is built upon relationships one with another. And so, Father, we are going to continue to look at that this morning. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd be with my mind, help me to uh, put things in a way that your Holy Spirit could use to show each one of us what we need today. That's an amazing thing to me, Lord. All You touch our hearts with those things that we need to hear as individuals. And so, Lord, there's topics we're talking about, Well, Lord, I know you will hone in on each one of us on those areas that we can use some correction, some encouragement, some admonition. And Lord, I just uh, thank you for the power of your word and what it means. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are talking here about this relationship with children and their parents. Um, Our lives are based upon relationship. Okay, God, the creator of all things knew how he had put Adam and Eve together, know, knowing that they would be the first parents who would bring children into this world. He designed the entire system, even though sometimes I think some of the people I meet might have been born under a rock. okay? Uh, that's not how it works. Each and every one of us are given physical parents. We are all born into helplessness. okay? And uh, we're talking about Ethan's first birthday coming up here pretty quick. Um, not like a lot of animals where you, you, the ad, mother and father, the parents, uh, the, uh, male and female of the species that produce the young never even see the children. They lay, I, I, how many of you love watching those videos about sea turtles? Okay. The sea turtle comes up and she digs her hole and everything. And then, then uh, weeks later, all those little baby sea turtles hatch and they all got to kind of scoop their way to the ocean, you know, it's just cutest little things, right? And now you see all these people there protecting them because the seagulls are trying to pick them off and it's like this whole, uh, you know, uh, it's crazy. But mom's not there looking over them. They're born and they're offend for themselves. Uh, well, God designed human beings as a picture and that is why he declared himself our heavenly father. And so I want us to understand this imagery that God uses. He doesn't just declare himself almighty God, Jehovah. He is the father in the system that he put together. He bases this on a relationship. So with that in mind, um, there's a New Testament verse that gives us some instruction here. And I want to kind of lay out a little bit more of this practical holiness being set apart in this image of fearing your mother and father. Go if you would to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, the apostle Paul In the New Testament, addresses this. So, this isn't just a part of the law. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. He says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise. We're going to look that up very carefully because the Apostle Paul brings out a very, very clear addition to what we're looking at, that there is a promise that is given with this commandment. right, now, I want to point out something kind of important here because we're going to look at it from two different directions today. Notice the first thing that children are responsible to do, (coughs) children who might be in the room, (coughs) Okay, um, is children obey your parents? Then the second step to that is honor your father and mother. You know, I want you to understand this. We're going to talk. You'll see how this plays into what God's trying to teach us in a few minutes. The first response is action. You obey. Okay, little Ethan upstairs, about to be a one-year-old. He doesn't necessarily understand when mom and dad tell him certain things, no, okay? No, do not put the fork in the uh, electrical outlet, okay? He doesn't look at, up there and say, oh, I do honor thee, father and mother, and I will uh, understand why you don't want me to do that because, uh, you know, electricity is very dangerous. His job is obedience, okay? When children are that age, they don't necessarily even understand the parental role, they just know these big people around and give me what I want when I cry. Okay, I try it, it doesn't work. Okay. Okay, we just heard uh, when we were singing the songs, Ethan started to let a good cry go, and we scurry up there to take care of them, right? Because they don't necessarily understand. The issue first is you obey, which develops in you a proper attitude to those parents that you have Once that proper attitude begins to be developed, then you honor them. So the first step is the action. You do what you are told. Okay? Again, uh, (laughs) I'm not going to get into all the nitty-gritties of parenting this morning, but uh, it is amazing to me where, you know, you have a a parent who is uh, not necessarily understanding this process, who wants to sit down with the 14-month-old baby and say, now listen, darling, I know you're upset with what is going on here and you don't understand, and have a philosophical discussion with an 18-month-old or, you know, the job, according to God's word, of young children is obedience, even if you don't like it. Okay, now you say, well, yeah, Pastor, I understand that, that's, That's a common understanding. Let me talk to you about, for a minute, about armed forces. Anybody serve in the Army or in any of the armed forces in our country? Okay, Uh, when you first joined up, what was the goal of the drill instructors and boot camp? You obeyed without question, didn't you? As a matter of fact, um, and I love using this, Uh, sir, I know you asked me to drop and give you 20, but I'd really like just to go drive the tank. No, sir, no, sir. Uh, A lot of things I'll do, I'll go to March and stuff, but drop and give you 20? No, I'm not interested in that. No, the objective is first obedience. When you obey, then you learn to respect the authority structure that is put in place, and the system works because you understand that there are superiors to you who when they offer a command or a suggestion, you take it. You with me so far? Well, God has done that with parenting. The job of children is not necessarily to understand why you're being told what you do, but to do it and obey. And then you begin to understand that God has established a structure for your protection to function under, and then you begin to honor the fact that this system works. You know, please, God created the family to work this way. Armed forces don't necessarily work that way all the time, but the picture is the same often the the understanding is first you must obey, then you begin to honor. Okay? I can't even imagine what it would be like to be in a a boot camp and refuse to obey your superior officers. (laughs) Don't even want to think about what that might be like. Okay? Um, But I want you to understand, God lays this out carefully. First is obedience, then honor. Because you cannot develop the proper attitude Until you understand that there's a structure of obedience and protection and security that God has established. So he says this is the first commandment with a promise. Well, what's the promise? Go back to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. In the Ten Commandments, we'll look at this promise that's laid out in verse 12. Honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. God says when you learn to honor your parents, that God will extend your life. Uh, Man, I'd love to just play back half of Sunday school this morning. Because God reminded us through, uh, through Dan in, in 1 John that um, when you love not the things in this world, God will give you a long-lasting life, everlasting. When you don't, you don't have that promise. It's the same issue here, okay? We are not talking necessarily about how many months or hours or years you're going to be on this earth. Okay, because here's the thing, and here's the danger. Oh, you you heard about Susie. Susie died when she was 16 years old. She must not have honored her mother and father, Right? Because, you know, the converse is, if you honor your father and mother, you're going to live a really long life. Okay, the point is, not the amount of time you are here, but are you accomplishing that good and perfect will of God? If you are here this morning, I'll let that sink in just for a second. You you, you are here this morning, right? Uh, If you're here this morning, that means God still wants to use you in this life, doesn't it? We talk about this all the time. If God was done with us, we wouldn't be here anymore. The Apostle Paul was, that uh, verse we referenced a few minutes ago, where Paul says, I'm betwixt these two things. I want to depart and be with the Lord. That's where I want to be. That's where my heart's desire is. But for me to stay here is more needful for you. He says, I have a work to do still here. God, the, the fact that I'm still breathing on this planet means God has a purpose for me here. If God didn't have a purpose for you here, you wouldn't be here anymore. Because this world, just my home, uh, not my home, I'm just passing through. So when God says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long here on this earth doesn't necessarily mean that those of us who are 80 or 90 or 100 did it better. It means have you accomplished everything that God has asked you to do? Because we know for a fact that if you are not going to follow God's will, and live after his goals, and and we're going to get to the second half of this, so hang on to that, that God has shortened the days of our lives, hasn't he? As a matter of fact, when we talk about the Lord's Supper, doesn't God say, uh, if you don't take it properly, if you're not living that life that I want to be uh, examined before the Lord, that some of you are weak and sickly, and some of you even sleep? that God will shorten the days of someone's life if they are not living the way that he deems fit. You with me so far? I want us to understand this, that when we're talking about length of days and long life, God has uh, made this very important. Now today, in our country, in the U.S., this is a joke. There are cultures around this world where still honoring father and mother is important. In our country, it's pathetic. Uh, you think of some of the Oriental countries and even some of the Latin American countries where a mother or a father or a grandmother or a grandfather has a great respect. And that God reminds us that the gray head is something that you should be cherishing. That when God has put many years in your life under your belt, that there's a wisdom that comes with that. Um, We're, in our country, pretty sad that we don't have that kind of respect as a whole anymore, as a culture. Um, I listen to some of these videos that have been released and where the teachers are telling their students that the parents are morons and don't listen to them and that the old-fashioned kind of ideas that they have are just silly. And you need to put your parents' thinking aside And think for yourself. Yeah, think for yourself, please. But don't lose the idea of honoring your father and mother and honoring those who have lived a life, a long life. Look, if you would, to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 31. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 31. Just as a a thought here. Nowadays, if you get up until your fifties or sixty years old, it's even hard for you to get a job in our country because you're too old. That's not how it is in other places of the world. That there's a respect and an honor for those who have put many years of their lives. Verse 16, uh, chapter sixteen, verse thirty-one: The hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found. In the way of righteousness. That hoary head He uses that same uh, illustration talking about snow, that white. Okay, you've got a head full of gray hair, don't feel ashamed. That's an honor. Okay, why? Because you have put many years in your service, especially if you've lived it in righteousness. It is something that ought to be honored. Uh, here in Leviticus, we'll be there, and I don't want to steal my own thunder, but right in this chapter, verse uh, chapter 19, verse 32, it says, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God, I am the Lord. He says, I want you to understand that there's an honor and respect that should be given to those who have lived a long life. God is put putting this imagery in us. Why? Because our walk successfully in the Lord is based upon relationships. He's putting this imagery together in our in the, the children of Israel, saying, honor your father and mother physically. But we understand, even with the Apostle Paul, the apostle says, Listen, my own son in the faith, Timothy, that there is a relationship as a family of God that we ought to be respectful of. And Dan covered some of that last week when we talked about fathers and children and that God names different age groups, physical age groups, when it comes to our faith. Honor your father and mother. Now, God gave you your parents, right? How many of you had a chance to... Pick your parents. you get a chance to pick your parents? Right, just before uh, you entered the womb, you had a conference with God and said, all right, Lord, uh, I want a really, really rich family, and I want them to be really intelligent. Uh, didn't work that way, did it? We didn't get to pick our parents. Okay, and some of you children are going, man, if I got a chance to pick my parents, Understand something. God chose you to have your parents. Now, does God make mistakes? Now, I'm going to boil this down. It's not going to necessarily sound good, but I want you to understand something here when it comes to honoring your father and mother. God is a perfect heavenly father. Hebrews says that. Our parents, our fathers after the flesh, do things that please themselves, but our God is the perfect Father. He does everything specifically for each one of us. So he has prepared before you and I were even conceived the way he was going to mold and shape our lives. That is included in the fact of the parents that you were born to. Now, I know a lot of your lives, but some of us are maybe listening to the video or... um, Maybe your mom was a druggie. Maybe your dad wasn't even there. You think God made a mistake? God knows what he is doing. So he gave you the parents that he gave you to prepare you to serve him. Now some of us don't like to hear that because our parents Parental relationship didn't go as smoothly as we'd hoped. And I know because I've spoken to some of you about that and said, man, I know, you know it would have been nice to have a, a mom and dad that loved each other and stayed married the whole time. And yeah, they make mistakes, but invested in their, I didn't have that. God knew that. See, the problem is if we are not honoring our father and mother with the proper attitude, we're really mad at God. Aren't we? Now, I didn't necessarily say you had to like what happened. I'm not necessarily saying you had to uh, be thankful for everything that took place. I have a mother and father who are still married, who did their best, and I'm not thankful for every single thing that happened. Okay? I know in everything we're supposed to give thanks, but there are parts of my life, and we could sit down with my parents, and they would say, I'm so sorry when we talk about that situation. I handled that completely wrong. My parents weren't perfect. But God used them in my life to prepare me to be the person that he needed me to be. So when you need to honor your father and mother, you need to realize that God put them in your life for a purpose. Yes? And I'm telling you, this whole concept of, and it's almost a standing joke, right? When you go to a psychologist and sit down, and everybody wants to blame the mother. Everybody wants to blame the Father. Okay? And again, your upbringing may have caused certain things to occur in your life, and I will not disagree with that. But the fact is that God put you in that family for a purpose. You didn't choose it. They didn't choose you. God set it up. So there is an honor that needs to take place. Why? Because God said so. Yes? Now, please, I'm trying to boil this down to everyday holiness. Everyday sanctification being set apart. It's not always easy to look at what has happened in our lives and understand God had his perfect plan in the works. We right now, our Wednesday night, are studying the book of Job. Job never finds out in his entire lifetime why those tragedies happened in his life. But we get a glimpse inside and understand that God knew exactly what was going on, and Job wasn't being punished. Job had the privilege to stand up as one of the number one targeted warriors in all of history to show that he would not curse God. Everything that Job went through was a privilege because God was able to use him. When we are honoring our father and mother, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything went smoothly. Maybe your father and mother treated you badly. Maybe you don't even know who your father and mother are. Maybe your father and mother have since gone on to be Passed away and they're not here anymore. You need to honor your father and mother that your days may be long on the earth. There are so many people, and again, I'm going to deal with this from a little bit of a psychological slant here, but I want you to understand this this biblical. There are so many people hindered in their service for God because they have unresolved issues with their parents that they will not let go of. And God says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long on the earth. God gave you those parents to mold you into the person that he wants you to be. I don't like, it's about that time, I love those little, oh, commercial? Go to the pear tree, get some pears. Okay, They're out there. We talked about that last week. And you say, where is that? that, that that's random. No, it's, uh, I don't like going out to the little pear tree and apple tree and lopping off a bunch of branches. I don't. I love it. It's a beautiful tree. It's got leaves. But if I'm going to treat, keep that tree healthy and keep that tree producing fruit, sometimes I've got to cut off a large little section of branches off that tree. I've got to prune it. I've got to remove stuff from that. It's not a pleasant experience. As a matter of fact, you've got to do it at certain times of the year because uh, it can hurt the tree so badly. God tells us very carefully that he prunes us. Uh, Not everything that comes our way is something that we enjoy. But according to what he says, he talks about the peaceable fruit of righteousness that comes forth when God allows us to be Disciplined and shaped and molded. Any of you ever do sculpting in stone? I'd love to try it. I see these guys take those granite statues and carve out these cool things. I've done it in wood. Um, sometimes you got to hack away a lot of stuff. It's. But you ever see? I'd love. Uh, I would love to get a big eagle statue out uh, of made out of a log. You ever see these guys carve woods? You know. Man, there's a lot of carnage going on there, man, removing everything that needs to be removed so that you can finally come up with a product you want at the end. Listen, God did what he did in our lives for a reason. But pastor, you don't understand my history. That's true, I don't, and I don't need to. I just know that God allowed you to have some of these understandings so that he could use you. But pastor, you know, I was physically abused when I was a child and you're a whole lot better equipped to deal with somebody than I would be that was physically abused. Well, I came from a drug-addicted family, and you're a lot better prepared to deal with somebody who's dealing with a drug-addicted family than I'll be. Well, I came from a... God molded you into the person that you are. You need to honor your father and mother. Now, with that in mind, um, Honoring them is probably one of the only reason ways you're going to get them to accept the Lord Jesus Christ if you haven't already. But until you, we can clear up some of these issues, um, how many times have we said this, and I'll move on after this. <sighs> Bitterness and unforgiveness hurts really only one person, and who is that? Your own self. If you cannot move on and honor your father and mother, God is not going to be able to use you in the full way he will. Now, does that mean you have to go back to them and say, everything you did in my life was perfect and it's written? No. And as a matter of fact, you may go to them and address them and say, listen, thank you for the things you did do in my life. I've been holding on to some resentment because of some things, and I just want you to know I forgive you. And they may look you in the eye and say, get out of here, you jerk. I don't care. That's okay. You've done what God's asked you to do. Don't be handicapped because you are holding on to something that is going to hinder you from serving God. The apostle Paul makes it very clear, the commandment makes it very clear. There is a promise that goes with this. If you cannot come to this point, you lose out on a promise. I don't know about you. I don't want to lose out on any on any God's promises. It is important that we don't let these things hinder us from serving God. Because honestly, and here it comes, if you and I can't come to a place where we have the proper relationship with our earthly father and mother, how are we going to come to a place where we have a proper relationship with our heavenly father? It's all based upon relationships. You with me? It's well, hard. hard. But there's an important part about honoring your father and mother. You first learn to obey because there's an authority structure. There's absolutes in this world. Then you learn to honor. Honor your father and mother. Now the next verse in Leviticus is Leviticus chapter 19, verse 4, where it says, Turn ye not unto idols, nor make yourself molten gods. I am the Lord your God. Oh, good, Pastor. We'll be able to get off this one real quick, you know, because none of us have little statues of idols or, you know, in our houses. We don't have, uh, you know, little frogs or any... Well, if you do have frogs, don't worry. I'm not worried. Anymore. Frogs are cute, man. They are. They are cute. Don't get... I can... I watched... Uh, this thing about a zoo yesterday, and they had frogs on it. I'll talk to you after. Okay. Now we have a different issue here. I want you to see the flop. Here he says, turn not to idols, neither make yourselves molten images. We first looked at, there was an obedience, an action that was demanded, that caused the proper attitude. (coughs) Now we have the attitude comes first to stop you from having an improper action. Okay, now again, if, if you really want a good description about the attitude we're about to talk about, go listen to the today's Sunday School sermon. Because I couldn't have presented it any better than the, than John did in 1 John, and Dan brought us through part of that today. Do we really, you and I, have ideas?